Today's podcast is sponsored by Banner of Truth. Banner of Truth is an evangelical and reformed nonprofit publishing house that puts out some of the best historical and modern works from the reformed tradition. Yeah! Check them out at banneroftruth.org. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. What's up, man? Nothing, nothing. What's up with you? Good. Well, what's up? Uh, mm. oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, is, is now a bad time for you to record this podcast? No, I'm good. No, it seems like a bad time because uh, you're stuffing your face with... Well, they're, they're gizzards. Chicken. Well, chicken gizzards. No, it's just chicken. Fried chicken gizzards. Yeah, chicken. It's no, good. No, you really like are just mm. stuffing and stuffing and stuffing. And I'm going to take this photo right here. Jimmy brought me a, a pound of fried gizzards. <laughs> I know what my JoJo <laughs> needs to eat. <laughs> I didn't get lunch or dinner. Uh, that's And, you know, I, I knew when you said, hey, man, could you get me something uh, light and healthy? I'm on a cleanse with my wife. Can you take care of me? I was I'm like, I'm not eh. on a cleanse. All right, all right, fine. It's okay that you are. It's I'm nothing, not on a cleanse. It's not bad. What's wrong with it? I don't do a cleanse. I'm, I'm, I did one. Listen, I'm, we're eating better. Yeah, yeah. So you, then, add, it's okay. I'm fine. I got chicken. I even I, asked her. I said, hey, I'm going to get some chicken. She's like, okay, just don't get fast food. I said, no, I'm getting chicken. So I'm trying to help you. Browns here. is not fast food. I, Browns is fast food. Browns is not fast food. You know how long, how can long you, did you drive wait? up to Browns? How, can you drive up to Browns? You can drive, you can drive up to it, walk and fire. It's not. It's not. A, no, you. That's carry out. That's a difference. No, it's a, there's so a difference the between drive. How up and long carry did out. you have to wait for these gizzards? Ooh, that's true. Yeah, I had to wait oh. about seven minutes. Yeah, see, that's not fast food. Well, they have to make it. They make it fresh. They make it fresh because no one orders it except order you it. and I. Not very often though, Jen. So it's okay. Yeah, and and Jen, he didn't do it. He told me to get him a salad, and I said, forget that noise. Yeah, he didn't have time. Uh, for I that, so yeah, I just said I'm gonna. He do only a drive had up. ten minutes to sit at the drive-through to get my gizzards. Yeah, so blame it on me. Man, it was so funny because you and I were uh, working. Are you really going to tell this? We story? were working, and we, we were really talking. sound weird when you tell this story. I just want you to know. We that. don't sound weird. Yeah, this, we do. This is we cool. St- so we're sitting there. We're standing there. We're, we're in the middle of doing stuff. And oh, um, well, hold on, what were we doing? All right. We, At this point, it's already out, so it doesn't matter. So we had we had we had gone to the uh, the printer to see him print up our hoodies yeah uh, the first run of our hoodies and they're turning out amazing this guy is beautiful super legit. it's called it's called the hairy ant is the company in st charles i've known this guy since uh middle school yeah man you guys used to sling rock together back in the day right what no no what is that gonna do what i don't do? know i thought that's what you were doing no we just, i don't we know out. what are you talking about angry hairy whatever ants. we were we we're friends we hung out okay Him, myself another guy named mark estrada we just hung out all the time estrada yeah, <laughs> hey, leave Mark alone. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> so we're standing there, we're looking at everything, and I'm like, "Dude, I have not eaten. I'm so hungry." And then I went, "Ooh!" And Jimmy goes, "Gizzards, you want gizzards, don't you?" And I was like, "That's exactly what I thought." Right there, Jimmy knows my heart. Okay, again, I feel like that story, while it's true, yeah, makes us look really weird. Doesn't make us people kind of. It feels like no that. people are jealous that they don't have that kind of uh, relationship. You know they. You know, they're sitting there and they're like, I wish somebody knew me as well as Fofo knows JoJo. Or maybe the JoJo knows Fofo. That's right. So, Either way, let's, how does your wife, what does your wife think about our oh, I think she friendship? likes, a, I think she appreciates getting a break. 
from having well, to take on, care whoa, of whoa, me. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Say that. Wait, repeat that. She probably appreciates getting a break from having to take care of me. You take care of me too. You know, it's like you bought no, me no, 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 no. All right, you need to change that. No, you, no, 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 no. Let Let's make very clear. Yeah, you're my podcast wife. No, no, yes, no, you are. No, I no, have my no, wife at home. No, no, you are my podcast wife. No, that's why you and, asked how does Jen feel about it because you are know that you are her competition. You are my. No, podcast I just didn't wife. know how she felt about hair man having so much estrogen. I don't got listen. The bald men have higher levels of estrogen. Google it. So bald men have higher levels of estrogen. Dang it, I meant testosterone. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> Dang it. Freudian slips. Okay, on. maybe Freudian I do. Maybe I'm half one. I don't know. What are we talking about today, man? Well, today we're going to talk about godliness, and we're looking at Thomas Watson's work, uh, a the godly man's picture, or at least one section of it, right? Yeah, we're just going to look at one very, very small section of it, and that's what's cool about the Puritan writings is that this is broken up into such small chunks yes. and pieces that anybody can read these books. Like this book in particular, Watson is pretty easy to read compared to other Puritans. Um, and you don't have to read a lot. You can read one little section or a section of a section or a section of a section of a section because each section or subsection is so filled That's with it. like biblical, practical, experiential, Christ-glorifying truth. Like you will be – it's pretty rich, right? It's like a rich piece of cake. Like it's like, uh uh, I, well, I, I don't know uh, if that's a good. That's not yeah, a good it's analogy. like a rich piece of cake. No, because some people don't like rich. Like it's too, it's too, it's too much. But, but just take a little bit. Then they can't handle it. I eat like a half rich cake. I don't care. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, I guess yeah. But yeah, there's so much that you can mine. Yeah, we're gonna use that one. So much that you can mine. But mining is hard work, dude. That's what the whole point of reading is. Are you kidding me? And reading studying. Is, well, hard reading is hard for you, but for reading most is of us, okay. Kind of. No, I don't know about that. Okay, fine. Uh, sorry, Joe. I, we're not all as smart as Joe freaking Thorne, who gets yeah, to go to conferences yeah. and gets that's to sign Bible and stage. get to be the brand yeah. and to be the man that's all over why, the place. Yeah. But for the rest of us that's down I'm on here, the pedestal. I'm on the pedestal. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. stay on that pedestal. For the rest of us that are down here trying to get the scraps of off the table that you've been throwing, the scraps you've thrown yeah. off the table. I get it. Yeah, yeah, right. good. You got it. Hey, but look, look. Want to see the backside of my glory? Look. Oh my goodness, my face is glowing. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, uh, it's it's hard work. It's hard. It yeah, you got to read through work. things. You got to kind of go reading, and you chew it over. There's no commercial breaks. Like reading is different, right? It's yeah, I, I, I listen, I have ADD. I used to be on Ritalin for years and mm-hmm. I don't take that stuff now, but um I have to actually when I'm sitting down to read and I'm going to read for a long time, I got I got to actually talk to myself and go, no commercial breaks. <laughs> wait, <laughs> like, hold on. You actually wait. This is a, I've never heard this. I've right. actually never. I haven't said it in the last few years because I don't watch TV. I watch it on like the computer, and so I skip commercials. So now you have no. Okay, okay. but I used to say it. Yeah, I used to be like, "Hey, there ain't no commercial breaks. Ain't here. no commercial breaks here." Like, gonna, like, like you gave yourself a pep because talk like before you, you read sat for down twelve minutes, and, and it's like, "Where's the commercial break, dude? Like, this is getting kind of heavy. Where's where's the, where's uh? And you go up and get make some popcorn and go to the bathroom, come back. You know, I yeah. So like, my, I'm trying to. I say, I'm trying to say that like reading takes effort. That's all I'm saying. I get it. I've just Let's never get to the book. Let's I'm just book. saying I've never heard you say something like that. Okay. Now I'm gonna think that every time you're about to uh, sit down and read, I'm gonna be like, Hey, Joe. No, no commercial breaks. No commercial breaks. No commercial breaks, Joe. Bathroom breaks though sometimes necessary. Well, yeah. With so you the godly man, you and your tiny tank. Where I do. Everybody makes fun of it. <laughs> I have to go a lot. All right. So here, here's the thing. We're not gonna talk about godliness in general. Yeah. Um, but we do want to talk about one aspect of godliness um, in, in chapter four of this work. And it's called The Godly Man's Picture. It is applicable to men and women, so I, yeah. I hope everyone will check it out. But um, 
here he they talk about uh, or Watson talks about the characteristics of a godly man, and we're just going to look at section one. Yeah, the first fundamental sign is that a godly man is a man of knowledge. So we want to talk about knowledge as it relates, or Christian knowledge as it relates to the experience of godliness in uh, the life of a believer. And so, yeah, if uh, if you're at home there and you have um, the godly man's picture, the godly man's picture, uh, the Puritan paperback with which has an awesome cover on it. No, it is the ho- it is a horrible cover. Okay, Banner, listen, we we know you're our sponsor and all, but your uh, your cover game here needs to improve. But that's a nice sunset. It looks like a scene from A River Runs Through It. That was a great movie. Yeah. Are you talking about the Brad Pitt one? Of course. That's the only one. I don't know. I'm just trying to remember that's the name of it. I cried at the end of that movie. You cry at the end of every movie. All right. Stop it. You know why? Because no more popcorn refills. No more free Coke refills. No, you still get those. 25 cents. (laughs) All right. Let's get me through this You know what? When I was a kid, when we go to movies, this true story. True story. We'd We'd go to the theater. Yeah. And people, I think, by now know my father, my father's well off. He's got, he's got some money, you know. Yeah. And even then he had money. Yeah. But we would go into the theater. He grew up uh, not well off. Yes. He grew up the opposite end <laughs> of the spectrum. He was on the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. So he just trained himself and learned uh, as a kid and he brought it to us. He would instill, I don't do it. Mm-hmm. But we'd go to the theater uh, and we'd go into the uh, inside. And you know how inside right there, there's uh, a garbage can? Uh-huh. Uh, he would take one of those out, one or two of those out, just kind of tap, 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 tap it all out, go to the front and pay 25 cents for a refill. <laughs> like, I remember as a kid, like, what the heck? He's like, Listen, how cool, do man. you think he got all that money? What? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> popcorn's expensive at the movie theater. <laughs> you didn't want to buy full. It's like $8 a bucket. <laughs> well, we only got cheap. it for 25 cents. Yeah, see, that's good. It's smart. It's a good business. Anyway, so if you're if you're looking at the Puritan paperback, uh, we are on page 20. That's where we're starting. But if you got... Another, I don't think there's another version. Yeah, there's got to be other, whatever. Yeah, We're on no. section, chapter four, section one. All right. It, it really, the, the section is, the first fundamental sign is that a godly man is a man of knowledge. Yeah. And so I think, you know, what I like what Watson does here is he first begins with discussing what a natural man is, right? He's contrasting a natural man, so an unsaved, unregenerated individual. Uh, he's contrasting that with a believer, and he says there's two things about the natural man. First, uh, they do not see the evil of his heart. So they don't see their sin. They don't see the corruption. They mm-hmm. don't see their need for a savior. And secondly, uh, he does not see the beauties of a savior, right? So they don't see Christ as beautiful. Yeah, they, it is. Um, I think you and I were talking about this earlier. And we were saying on the one hand, there's, there's a kind of ignorance there. Yeah, but a blindness, a blindness. Blind, you were like, but no, 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 it's not just ignorance, it's blindness, because um, they do know some of the ways of God. Romans makes this clear. Like, people yeah. reject the God that has been revealed. General they, revelation. Right, right. It's, written, it's, it's in creation, and it's on conscience. So they reject what has been revealed. They, uh, they know God's laws, at least implicitly enough to say, I'm doing something wrong right now. Yeah. So it's not total ignorance, but it's... Like a ign- conscience. Right. But it's, there is an ignorance of the glory of Christ, uh, because they have been blinded by the devil to the, the the reality, the goodness, and the beauty of God as revealed. And we're talking against, we're talking about, I, I would say, to, total depravity. We're talking about our, our fallen sinful state and that our need for God, for the Spirit of God, to open our eyes. Right. Right. And he even talks about that. But a godly man is taught by God. 
the anointing teacheth you all things. That is all things essential to salvation. Right. Right. And we've got to be instructed because we are naturally ignorant. That's We're it. Weak. We need to be informed. We need a prophet in Jesus. We need the teacher in the Holy Spirit. And so what he does then is he explains that one aspect of godliness, one critical aspect of godliness is knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a day where some people value knowledge, a certain kind of knowledge, yeah. very, very highly. Um, there are other people in our culture today that sort of downplay education and knowledge. Yeah, get out, get out of your ivory tower, right? And so what, what Watson is doing, though, is he's talking about a particular kind of knowledge, a Christian knowledge that is always characteristically true of those who are godly. And he says that um, the knowledge with which a godly man is adorned has these eight rare ingredients. So this is a particular kind of knowledge that is true of the godly first he says it is a grounded knowledge so it's Mm -hmm. there's there's an assurance there we know it's true we know it's stable we know it's secure he talks about uh it is not a belief it is not a believing as the church believes but this knowledge rests upon the double basis first the word of God and second, the spirit of God. And so it's not just our own uh, thoughts or right. our own opinions or our own uh, presuppositions, but it is based upon the objective truth of God's word that he has given us. And it's affirmed and confirmed by the spirit of God in and among God's people. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not wishful thinking. It's, it's, it's not speculative it is, it is an assurance that is grounded outside of ourselves in two things. Yeah. Scripture, which is true. Yep. And the spirit, which then persuades us that it is true. And I feel like this is kind of the basis of this knowledge, though, right? right. I think I wonder if that's why Watson puts it number one. I think so. Is me, I'll ask him next time I see him. But yeah, I'm you ask sure. him next time you see him in, yeah. in glory, right? But, uh, um, yeah, if, you, if we're not reading the Word, if we're not spending time studying it, if we're not praying, if we're not, you know, reflecting upon this, uh, there, there's an, there's no knowledge then. Yeah, yeah. He says Or that, it's weak knowledge. I mean, you may have saving faith, but if your heart's not there into reading the Word of God, then that yeah, speaks and something. He, he's, he, he'll talk about this later, about the knowledge that grows or increases. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll save it for that, um, whoever's going to get to that part. But yeah, this, this knowledge is not uh, societally constructed. Yeah. It is It is not this postmodern sort of, well, it means to you what you want it to mean. It means something else to me. And, uh, and he even ends this section, though, like what you're talking about there. Right. If it's You're so sure of this. You're so grounded in this. You're so uh, secure in this knowledge. And he talks about this. The martyrs were so confirmed in the knowledge of the truth that they would seal it with their blood. Yeah. The, you could... I mean, I pray that we don't have to face that. But there's brothers and sisters that do face this yeah. question. They bet their life on it. They bet their literally. life on it. This is not something that we take flippantly. This is right. this is serious. He also says, number two, that this knowledge that characterizes the godly is an appreciative knowledge. Mm-hmm. He says, the lapidary who has the skill to value a jewel is said to know it. In other words, some people are skilled at recognizing various stones and assessing them. And say, well, this one's... This is this kind of a stone, and it's worth this much money. He who esteems God above Mm. the glory of heaven and the comforts of the earth knows him. To compare other things with God is to debase deity, as if you should compare the shining of the glowworm with the sun. 
So to say that this knowledge that we have is an appreciative knowledge, Watson is saying that it's not just intellectual. Yeah. That it is one that sees God for who he is and then um, what's the what's the idea? It, it ascribes glory to him. Mm. It, it recognizes his place of preeminence and bows. It sees. It ascribes worship, worship. That's ultimately what that is. Yeah, it is. We see God uh, and His truth as it is revealed, mm-hmm. um, and and faith says, "You, Lord, are worthy of all glory, all praise, all adoration, and." all obedience. So to say that it, that this knowledge is appreciative means that it that our faith while it may be valuable mm-hmm. is not the valuable component here. God it recognizes the value of God and of the saving knowledge of God. And number 3, it is a enlivening or enlivening knowledge, right? Um Watson writes, true knowledge animates and then he continues, mm-hmm. he, he not only shines by illumination but he burns by affection. There's a passion there. Right. There's a passion that as we as we grow in our knowledge of God and who he is and we grow closer to God, we desire to be more with him. I mean, he even uses, uh, he references song 2-5, the spouse's knowledge made her sick of love. I am wounded with love. I am like a deer that is struck with a dart. My soul lies bleeding and nothing can cure me but a sight of him who my soul loves. There's a passion. There's yeah. a love. There's an affection. So it's it's not just head knowledge. It's not right. just this idea of being smarter or having this inside track that other people have maybe missed or they're blinded to. It's drawing us deeper into an affection mm-hmm. for our God and Savior. Right, we it want is, to behold him himself. Yeah, it's it's it is a completely different thing than seeing, knowing, and appreciating mathematics. Yeah, right. Some people love mathematics, or I don't. They love. Well, yeah, obviously. How's your math? How's your math class going? Uh, by the time this comes out, I should be done. I'm at a solid B plus, but um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was it? Huh? I'm at a solid B plus. Okay, but I'm. Uh, so it's basically a C. Uh, I, I, by the time this goes out, by the time this goes out, I'll probably be at a C. So, um, yeah, when I, when I, when I read this, what I wrote down in the margin was that it says it is an enlivening knowledge. Um, I wrote down that this knowledge makes alive and makes lively, Mm. right? So it, it is this, this is the knowledge that, uh, you know, opens up our eyes to, to see, to behold, to, you know, to, to trust and follow the Lord, but it also makes us lively. Yeah. Like we, it, it animates us. We are, um, we are desirous for and, and intense. I like that desirous for, right? So, uh, number four, uh, fourth element of this knowledge is that it is an appropriating knowledge. Mm. Medicine is best when it is applied. This applicative knowledge is joyful. Uh, Christ is called a surety. Oh, what joy when I am drowned in debt to know that Christ is my surety. Christ is called an advocate. The Greek word for advocate, parakletos, signifies a comforter. Oh, what comfort it is when I have a bad cause to know Christ is my advocate who never lost any cause he pleaded. Mm. So to say that this is an appropriating knowledge means that this is not mere assent to an idea yeah. that, okay, the Bible says that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and I agree 
I, I, there is an ascent, a mental ascent to it. To say that it is an appropriating knowledge means that this is knowledge that owns and experiences uh, what is known. That's so right. This, this becomes my faith. Like, I depend upon this, and this changes me. So he continues, though. He goes, you know, how shall I know that I am making a right application of Christ? He says, a hypocrite may think he applies when he does not. Balaam, though a sorcerer, still said, my God. Okay. And so first, I think he, he answers that. First, he who rightly applies Christ puts these two together, Jesus and Lord. So mm. uh, he says, we will never be a priest or he, sorry, Jesus will never be a priest to intercede unless your heart is the throne where he sways his scepter. So there's yeah. a submission. So what you're talking about there, it's not just saying I agree with this, right? Right, But it's it's actually coming under it and submitting to the authority of Jesus as Lord in your life. Yeah. And not just your religious life, whatever you want right. to try to, you know, kind of put things in yeah, well, like, your church and yeah, I want to read my, here's Bible. my church life. Here's my, here's my personal life. Here's my work life. Here's my recreational life. No, Jesus is Lord over all yeah, these over your life. That's it. Yeah. And it even talks about that, that, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to hear the Puritans say, you can't take Jesus as savior without taking him as Lord. You know, like yeah. that sounds like a very modern kind of debate. Yeah, yeah. The Puritans were saying the same thing. If he is your savior, then he is your Lord, if That's you right. receive him, you receive him by faith, and he is the son of God. And the only proper response is to bow in humble worship and to follow him in obedience. That's right. So I, I, I really like that, that, you know, he said, well, how do I know if I'm making the right application of Christ? Well, it's... All right, so Joe, what's number two? Well, uh, secondly, he says that um, he who rightly applies Christ derives virtue from him. The woman in the gospel, having touched Christ felt virtue coming from him, and her fountain of blood was dried up. This is to apply Christ. When we feel a sin-mortifying virtue flow from mm. him. You know that you're uh, receiving, applying, knowing Christ well when you are humbled by your sin in light of his glory, in light of his sacrifice, in light of his preeminence. You see Christ and you see what you deserve and yeah. what you have earned, but yeah. then you are humbled in uh, you, 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 so you can worship, but it's worship. It is a, and it is a joyful worship that flows yeah. from a place of utter self abasement because you know the difference between you and Jesus. And I like how you said that it's a joyful worship. We, we right. rejoice in the hope that we have in our savior. Right. He says at the very end here that, um, that knowledge, which is applicatory has an antipathy against sin mm. and will not allow the heart to be drawn away from it. So this is one of the big ideas here, that if, if, you are, if you have a knowledge that is an appropriating knowledge of God, the godly person will have this. They own and experience these truths. Yeah. They will love Christ, and they will hate sin. That's, That's it. the bottom line. Yep. Number five, the, fi the fifth ingredient, uh, is it is a transforming knowledge. And Watson writes... Uh, and I was actually thinking of you, Joe, when I underlined this. Transforming. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, a deformed face may look at oh. beauty. So, Joe, deformed face looking at, okay. at the beauty of the photo. That's why I have a beard. And yet not be made beautiful. But this is the excellence of divine knowledge, that it gives us such a sight of Christ as makes us partake of his nature. Mm. So 
as we're growing in this, as we're as we're reading, as we're praying, as we're growing in this knowledge and this godliness, we are being conformed into his image. Yeah, this is not a it's a sanctifying work. Right. That's the idea, right? Sanctification. That's it. This is not a knowledge that merely informs. It transforms. That was good. I didn't make it up. That's old. What, really? Oh, yeah. People have been saying that for a long time. Have you believed you could achieve, though, Joe? No, that's not as good, though. Oh, that's not. I, no. I think I hold that from no. Oldstein. Who? I called him Oldstein. I don't know why I called okay. him Oldstein. Come Hol- <laughs> call him Holstein. I called him Oldstein. I don't know why. Sounds like a beer. Oldstein. Oldstein. Would you like some Oldstein Schlabernaka? <laughs> what? Is that a real thing? Wait, is that a real thing? Let's move on. No, is that a real thing? No, it's fine. It's fine, dude. No, no, for real. So, all right. So, it's a transforming knowledge. It is. No, is it is a bad thing? No, it's not fine. It's fine. It's a. It's. it's, I don't even know German. (laughs) That's not a German word. Okay, good. Thank goodness. I didn't know if I said something. No, no, you didn't. Okay. So, anyways, um, I thought maybe (laughs) you said. (laughs) All right, listen. The reason Jimmy is sensitive. Let me just tell you what's up. All right, go ahead. You could say it. Right. The reason Jimmy is sensitive is because. before, shortly before the time of this recording, um, we both got called out by two well-intentioned brothers in the Lord on Twitter, and um, I actually know one of them, you know, fairly well. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Hey, man, you guys said great oh, brothers in yeah, no, Christ. Uh, these are these very are awesome clear. Guys. No, no, and problem. I appreciate the fact that they reached out to us, and I mean that. Yeah, you know, you mean it when you say I appreciate, appreciate you, bro. bro. Um, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> you like that? One? <laughs> I do like that." Um, so these guys are like, hey, man, we heard you. I heard, one guy said, I heard you say OMG. Now, we obviously don't say OMG literally because we're not girls. But, um, <laughs> but they said, we, you know, you said, you know, oh, my G-O-D. And, um, and another guy said, hey, you guys said that. Do you think that's breaking, you know, the, the third commandment of taking the Lord's name in vain? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was like, whoa, dude, I don't say that. My I gosh, when OMG. I saw that, my heart just Did you sank. say it? You just said it. Right there. You just no, said it. No, I did not. No, you said, oh my gosh. Which oh is what gosh. happened last time. See, that's what happened last time. Yeah. Oh, see, that, <laughs> and I've, been so, I've been so worked up, dude. I honestly, like yesterday, I couldn't listen to it yet. I couldn't listen to the podcast. Well, here's what I happened. sat there just I like, knew, oh. I knew that I didn't say it. Like, Jimmy's got potty mouth. I don't know what that guy's going to well, say. Well, well, oh, I, uh, I'm just saying. I, I have the potty mouth. I have the potty you mouth. You have the potty mouth. Okay. Oh, I okay. struggle from time to time, but I don't need you calling me out on the podcast okay. and I have a potty mouth. Uh, well, I mean, just they, they, All I know is dude, the Lord is doing a work in me, brother. Okay. Well, yeah, I know you're in process. So I am at PMJ, potty mouth Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jimmy doesn't have potty mouth. That's the thing is we were like, whoa, we don't, I don't, that doesn't, how does that happen? I, said, I don't say it. Oh, I and so cried. one of those guys went, but both of those guys actually went back and they both said, hey, we're sorry. You said, oh my gosh, but you were talking over each other, which happens a lot. Either way, Jimmy doesn't know I when sh- to I shut up when I'm out. trying to talk and Jimmy just keeps I know, going. I got to watch that. So uh, we're going to be more careful with saying, oh my gosh, because we don't want to give anybody the wrong idea. And, and if you think so, that's like, why I'm like afraid that did I say something bad in German. You might have, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. Wait, well, no, right, did so, I really? No, I don't think so. I think you're fine. All right. So, what? Uh, J Bond Media saved me. <laughs> All right. So, that was the transforming knowledge. Number transforming six. knowledge. What's number six, Joe? It is a self emptying knowledge. Oh, this knowledge. is an easy one. Yeah. Finally, get the easy ones. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> this says, he says here, carnal knowledge makes the head giddy with pride. True knowledge brings a man out of love with himself. The more he knows, the more he blushes at his own ignorance. David, a bright star in God's church, Mm -hmm. still thought himself rather a cloud than a star. And then he quotes Psalm 73. So 
this Christian knowledge that characterizes the god- godly is a self-emptying knowledge in that we have no choice. But when this revelation is seen in Scripture, we deny ourselves and we look to God yeah. who reveals himself. We see in ourselves every corruption, um, our waywardness, and even when we recognize that we can't see just how corrupt we are, we then ask God to help us expose any hurtful way in us so that we can walk in, in his ways. So this is not the kind of knowledge that puffs up and makes proud. This is the kind of knowledge that makes us humble yeah. because we see that in us there is no answer to be found, but in God all of the answers are found. Number seven, it is a growing knowledge. Uh, increasing in the knowledge of God, uh, and he looks at Colossians 1.10, True knowledge is like the light of the morning, which increases on the horizon till it comes to the full meridian. So sweet is knowledge or is spiritual knowledge that the more a saint knows, the more thirsty he is for mm, knowledge. Like that. And I, I love that, right? So like it, it, we have a hunger for it. We desire more. And it's not necessarily that the, we desire more and more intellectual knowledge, but that knowledge leads to a deeper relationship and understanding of who God is and what he has done. And so our hunger is more for him. Yeah. Our hunger is, is to be closer to him. We, again, like that last one in, uh, where was it? In number three, there's a passion that there, we're more desirous yeah. of him, right? Yeah. Uh, knowledge is never like this kind of knowledge is not complacent. No. Like, it's like, okay, wow, I've learned something. But now I've just learned how much I don't know. And, and I, I want to know more. Of this and I want to know more. Yeah. But I also want to know, like he ends here with Philippians 3.10, mm-hmm. that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So right. it's, it's knowing God and the power of God, the power of God that saves, the power of God that sanctifies, the power of God that completes the work that he had began in us. Yeah. And it's, so it's really, think about that. I want to know him. So it's not just learning more about God, which is easy. Right. Anybody who can, you know, just and there write. are people that have PhDs on that who right. are non-believers. Right. So they know a lot about God, but this is a knowledge that knows the Lord Himself. That's right. right. The knowledge of God, which is essentially salvation. What about number eight? Eighth, last, last mark here. Um, it is a practical knowledge. Uh, from John ten four, the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. Mm. Uh, Watson says, true knowledge not only improves a Christian's sight, but improves his pace. So what he's talking about here is um, that the knowledge that we have of, of God, of, of Christ, and of ourselves, this Christian knowledge, is practical in that it is working itself out in lives of obedience, in lives of repentance, that this is something that is not, and it's not so much like I want everybody to see what's happening in my life, but this is something that is demonstrable. We've said before, like, it's practical, it's experiential. Here we mean that it impacts the will. This is a practical knowledge. He says it is a reproach for a Christian to live in a contradiction to his knowledge, to know he should be strict and holy, yet to live loosely. Not Mm. to obey is all one with not to know. Uh, So, yeah, when knowledge and practice um, appear together, um, they herald Happiness is what he says. Yeah. I remember even John MacArthur, um, you know, that, that cranky dude. Um, <laughs> that he, cranky dude? For, for, a, for as cranky of a guy as he can be in his, in his public uh, uh, critiques 
of some Christians. <laughs> he, um, he, he made this line. Maybe it's not original with him, but I heard it from him first. He mm-hmm. said, if you think sin is fun, you should try holiness. And I really liked that. I, I thought, like, because what he was saying was, wow. in, in very, like, you know, common terms was, is there is joy in a godly life. There yeah. really is deep and abiding joy in a godly life. And so when, you know, knowledge and practice come together, like Watson says, um, they herald, they, they announce and proclaim, like, the arrival of happiness. So, yeah, man, I dig it. If, um, if you are a believer who is desiring to grow in godliness, then you will be a believer who takes knowledge seriously, which necessarily means that you will take theology seriously. Yeah. And I mean, no better way uh, than to be reading. So first, you know, we want to implore and encourage you and uh, herald and herald to you, good news proclaim of, of to you, not going to share. No, well, no, I'm going to share because sharing is caring, but I'm going to proclaim uh, to be reading the word of God um, to be involved in your local church, to be involved in uh, your discipleship groups or community groups or Bible studies, whatever you call them. Um, but I do also think, though, alongside that is... Get to uh, it, man. You were dragging this out because you probably can't find the script to read can't. for the ad. I can't. Banner of Truth. <laughs> I can tell you're looking for I your... I found it. Here it, it is. <laughs> just get to it. Say the thing about Banner of Truth. We're just sitting here reading books. We don't have computers or anything. So Jimmy's like, I better put this up on my I phone. I better grab my phone up and find uh, You could check out Banner of Truth. Banner of Truth, one of the greatest, maybe the greatest published since the late 1950s. They're holding a Christmas Christmas sale from 20 to 50% Doing off. Great, Jimmy. And free shipping on orders over $50. And so, you know, you could check out the uh, links in our show notes. Uh, we just want to encourage you, even right, right now we're reading uh, Thomas Watson's uh, book, you can head on over there. At the time, when I looked at this uh, for Cyber Monday, they were sold out of the Thomas Watson collection. Right. They might still, they might have got it restocked. If they do, grab it. Uh, otherwise, there's the Puritan paperbacks. You can grab that. That's nearly 50% off. Or you can grab the single. Uh, and when you were looking the at the itself, Thomas Watson, were you looking at the Christmas set, which is just three things, or were you looking at his works? The works of Thomas Watson. Okay. What you probably can get then is the Christmas gift set, which is his Body of Divinity, Ten Commandments, and Lord's Prayer. Get that. All right, get that. All right, that, there you At go. least get that, and then you'll be good. Because I wanted the whole thing, because they were, dude, they were only, they were giving it away. They weren't giving it away, they were selling it. Okay, fine. I think it's still giving it away. Because you got more money than me, but go ahead. It was, it was like, oh, like 40 bucks. Well, that's pretty much giving it away. That, thank you. Okay. That's what I said. It was, it was extremely cheap. I couldn't believe it. And I go on there, and I waited all day. I'm like, Michelle, can I go buy this? She's like, no, no. And then finally she said yes, and I went and looked, they were sold out. So why are you making fun of me? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Why don't you try and read the books you got? How many more of the Warren Wiersbe books do you have left to read? Uh, none. I, I you got I, them all done. I plowed through those. Okay. I went through that B series like it was nobody's Man, business. That must have taken like forty-five minutes. How did? How did? Mm, I'm a slow reader. It took okay. me fifty. Okay. Um, do we have time for mailbag? We got time. Okay. Well, um, we got an email from a guy, and the subject is I don't want to read his name because I'm just not sure. Right. You know, if he wants to be out there but the subject is church division dear joe and Ooh. jimmy i'm gonna skip down this this is uh no, it's all irrelevant it's uh, all about how great i am I, uh no it's definitely not no it um, says uh jimmy fofo you all right, so here's are what he the says. greatest man i ever known he says let me begin by saying i hold no rancor toward anyone involved in the situation i will describe but i was very recently asked to resign from my first pastorate having only served 10 months i don't want to get into details but the division in the church was over my beliefs teaching, 
and preaching concerning soteriology, which is the doctrine of salvation, if you guys don't know. I never taught out of anything but the Scripture, although I, of course, am steeped in the Reformed tradition. But the word Calvinist was battered around behind the scenes. The deacon body asked for a meeting with me, and they stated that they believed Calvinism to be a false doctrine and bad for the church body. Um, later on, he says, In any case, I was wondering if you and Jimmy might share some wisdom or experiences that you have had with how Reformed theology can cause a rift in many theologically shallow, free will salvation-type established churches. Solidio Gloria, homeboy. Well, um, let, let's say this. Uh, it, anytime you go to an established church, a church yeah. that's been there for any length of time, it will have a, a generally uh, a shared theology. Yep. If they don't have a confession, that, which they should have, but if they don't have a, a confession of faith that everybody's behind, they, they definitely will have a shared theology. And a shared culture, shared mm-hmm. expectations, and all of that. So when you step into that as a pastor, as the new guy, you are coming into something that's already in place. Yeah. The cement has dried, and so now you are walking in their culture. And if you are coming in from a completely different theological perspective, there is going to be a lot yes. of trouble. And I and I would even say, and I'm not trying to be like it's a it's a cruddy situation. I feel bad for you. But at the same time, it's better that this happened now, right? Like, uh, this could have been drawn out. This could have got really awkward. This could have gotten a lot worse for you. And I don't know your family situation. I don't know if you moved your whole family to some other state. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so for that, my heart goes out to you. I would also say, though, that the church should have done a better job of presenting itself. And you should have maybe did a little bit more homework to figure out where's the the church at on certain things. Right. Uh, and is this a good fit for me? And I know that's right. not really your question right now. No, but I'm it, just, it's I'm, I, think it's, I think it's relevant for those that it's are totally looking relevant. into the pastorate. A lot of times, at least for me, when I began in ministry, I, I want to take every job I could get. Right. Right? Like, I'll just take every, every job I can get. Just, you know, I want to pay the bills and, and I, like want, I want to serve God. You're like a theological chameleon. You'll just adapt. Oh, I'll adapt. I mean, I was, I, you know, grew up Catholic. I've been with the Pentecostals. I was baptized in Anglican and uh, a Baptist. Baptist up in Canada. The Caillou Baptist Convention. E-Free up north. E-V-Free. E-V-Free Anglican in uh, Uganda. Right. Uh, What else am I? Well, now you're Southern Baptist. Now I'm Southern Baptist. I can can move into where I need to go. Uh, no, but, but I know what you're saying. Like you, 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 you're, you need, you want to work. You're called to ministry. That's it. You need to, you need to provide. Um, so what Jimmy said was, he said two things. I'm going to add a third. He said, number one, the church should have done a better job explaining their theological convictions and yes. expectations. That's on the church. Number two, um, you should have done some investigation. Dude, you know, you're reformed. Quit playing. You need, you know, you need to find out where people are at. Exactly. You know, we're not in. popular. And then number three, uh, I would say if you are if you identify yourself as a Calvinist, you need to you need to be pretty upfront with people when you're coming into an established church. Yeah. Now, if they if it's not an issue for them, if it's not a problem, but you need to do enough investigation and you need to let them know here is my soteriology, here's my doctrine of salvation, here's yeah. my understanding, here's the confession of faith that I embrace. You don't even have to use the word the buzzword Calvinism. I don't care about that. But you have to clearly articulate your theology for them. And listen, guys, if if you are candidating at a church and they're not asking you hard questions. Number one, might not be a good church to go to. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, 
teach them the questions that they should be asking you. I do this all the time. I get, I get people calling me uh, for references like, hey, we got um, you know, uh, Bobby Slobberknocker who wants to go to um, – that's the word you used last, uh, earlier in the show. That oh, I was that's what I'm like. So Where'd you get that last name? Because uh, you just made it up, which is a hockey reference. Anyways, um, so we have this, um, this guy. You know, He put you down as a reference. Uh, what do you have to say about him? And so I'll say a couple things. Do you have any questions? And they're like, no, not really. And I said, well, here are the questions you should be asking people. <laughs> right, so there's, there's, let, me, let me give you a Let me interview myself yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> so that you know what's best for your church. And so, and when you're being interviewed by them as a potential pastor, tell them, like, these are the questions you need to be asking every candidate so that you're not caught flat. I also think you look like a baller then. Then you just walk out. Drop that mic. Boom. Peace. That was good. I don't need this job. What? I don't need this job. <laughs> God sent me here to tell you what's up. Tell you what's up. Yeah, so I, I don't know, man. Division can always happen. Yeah. I think ultimately what you want to strive for in every local church is a shared common confession that articulates the gospel, but you got to be, and, and our theology overall, mm-hmm. but you also need to be patient with people Yeah. Um, and know that you are bringing a lot of people along in their theological understanding as well as in the faith. Big thanks to Justin of J-Bond Media, the audiovisual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any audiovisual or photography needs, you can head on over to jbondmedia.com. For some reason right now, Joe what? is like stroking his beard. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. I was not stroking my beard. My knees are on my hands. Oh, but you're, no, you didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. With the mic. I don't know what you I was like stroking this. the mic with no, my beard. Okay, you're stroking. totally different thing. <laughs> he was going. trying to cause. Keep going. What no, you were trying to cause a fuzz in the no, sound so that no, people no, would know what was going on. Mike, he just wouldn't even use this. Go. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, Justin Bond, J Bond Media. Hit him up at jbondmedia.com. You can uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo. You can hit us up on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any comments, suggestions, or ideas, you can head on over Ooh. to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. So hit the long. Contact Us page. Joe, hmm? what? If you wanted to follow us on a uh, podcast on feeder, what would they have to do? Uh, on a podcast? What are you talking about? All right, listen, guys. Joe doesn't really know anything about the internets. Uh, you on a podcast feeder? Yeah, yeah pod, feeder. What do they go? What do they do? iTunes is that one thing? Oh, uh, okay, all right. Well, yeah, you can find us on pretty much any podcasting platform. Just go mm-hmm. on, just type in Doctrine and Devotion. And if you're on the uh, if you're on the iTunes, if you're on the iTunes, leave us a review. Cause Thank we need you. An honest five star review. Honest five star reviews. We've got like eight stupid four star reviews. I don't know who you guys are. No, I, fact, know, I know one I, of you. I know. Yeah, I know one of them. I know. Yeah, yeah. Who? Other podcasts. Okay, yeah, he's jealous. And but the other guy. Why are you hating? Yeah, I, the other guy is a guy that I know. D's. Not that one. Landon D's. (laughs) 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 Only like only like (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. Only like only like 25% 25% of our listeners are going to get that reference. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, and the guys. rest of you know Jesus so much better. Uh, okay. So Landon D's. Not, not the other D's. He gave us. No, it wasn't Landon. It was somebody oh, else. Who was it? I forgot. Anyways. It might have been Landon. One of those homeboys down there. Anyways, one of those homeboys down there in don't Texas. Give us, don't give us four-star reviews. Oh, Just give us five, five, five stars. Come on, Come on, man. peoples. All right. So he said. 
iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Is there anything else? Contact us. Fresh pod every week, <laughs> uh, Monday and Thursday. We got to go. Later. Later.